Cashflow Diary Podcast, episode 164. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. The podcast that teaches you insider tips, tactics, and strategies for creating leveraged streams of cash flow into your life. Learn from top performing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their secrets to success. Like what you learn on this and other Cashflow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Game, Jay Massey. Okay, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. And guys, you have been asking and we are answering. In this series, you have probably heard some interesting things. But more importantly, we're going to do yet another interview with one of the internal team over here. Because you guys ask me all the time, Jay, how do you do all of those things? Well, the key is you don't do them. You find other people who know how to do their job better than you do. As I've said before, and I say again, strive to be the dumbest person in the room. So I'm going to introduce you to a whole bunch of smart people again as we go through this entire series. Now, today, we're, many of you really ask me a lot about the details and the nuts and bolts of uh, the the whole real estate side of things. And definitely, how do you get these uh, uh, like appointments with these high-level people? And how do you talk to government? And you know I don't speak government, but today's person does. And I'm so happy that we finally get to the point to where you can hear in her own words uh, how all this magic happens. So do me a favor and help me welcome the VP of operations over here who makes it it work, Miss Kimberly Keaton. Kimberly, you there? I am. Thanks, Jay. I am. I. You know what? I, I think they, they just, I wish, you know, they were like in a room right now. They would just be pummeling you with questions. They probably wish they could ask you so many. So I've, I've got to be careful here because they're like, you know, we only have such a, a limited time. And as everyone knows, I, I could talk about any one of them for a long, long, long time. Uh, because, you know, there's so much that each person contributes. But before we go there, give us a little bit of, you know, the background before you were here. What what did you do? Did you go to school, degrees, that type of thing, so that we can have a, a flavor, so I can have a flavor of the, the type of individual who you were before you came here? Cool. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Um, I, I was the typical... Uh, go to school, get good grades, go to college, find a career, and kind of plant yourself there sort of person. And um, so that's what I did. And I just went right out of high school into college and then out of college right into a, a career path that took me from Colorado to California. And I uh, did that till about 2007. So was in something completely unrelated to real estate <laughs> up until that point in time. Got it, got it, got it. And you you mentioned uh, schooling, and I think it's important that people understand that 
that your background plays a lot into it. And there you you have, uh, to my knowledge, two degrees, one of which I've I've seen somewhat at work. And the other I am dying to hear about, by the way, and, and see you actually practice. But share with them, if you will, a little bit of what that process was. And most importantly, if how does any of that play into your role today? Okay, sure. Um, well, my my two degrees, I wish I could say I felt like I was using either one of them a whole lot right now, but I'm sorry, Mom and Dad, I'm not. <laughs> uh, you're welcome, Mr. Government. I'm still paying on the loans, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I went to school on a music scholarship, so that helped me pay for a lot of my education. Um, we were too, too rich to be poor and too poor to be rich. We were just right in the middle class. So I had to find money somehow. Um, so I got a a degree in music, which kept me busy. And then at the same time, um, I taught a little piano on the side while going through school, which was some great cash in those days. And then I also got a, a degree in environmental science, which, um, has been a blast, and I still look forward to using some of it in areas of green having and green real estate. So um, that's what that was in. Now, right there, you just let the cat out of the bag. They now know, because uh, they've heard me say many times, I am not a tree hugger. I'm a tree chopper. They know anytime I say <laughs> anything that's green related, they know where the idea came from. So we'll definitely talk about some of those things that we've either tried to do, attempted to do, or that you know can be done uh, inside of the green space as it relates to uh, the, I'll say, the landlord's role or the property owner's role uh, to be a, a better conscious citizen. Uh, but while we're talking about roles, why don't you, if, if you can... Like in a few sentences, try to describe the 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 role that you fill, um, and so that people can have an understanding of just how tied in you are to everything. Oh well, uh, that role's kind of evolved over time with us. So I'll just talk about the most current role, um, which is managing many but not all of the aspects of the portfolio, so the properties, the, the nuts and bolts of the houses and the apartments. Um, I do the details for you. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to. Well, so that they're actually done right is really what you mean. <laughs> oh, I would never say that. Well, hey, I'm saying it because <laughs> I've tried my hand at paperwork and we all know what happens Kimberly gets the privilege of doing it over. So that, that that's what's happened time and time again. How long have you been here? I don't even I don't even know. Well, technically, I have been with your organization since March of 2011, right after the infamous Oscar party. Started it all. <laughs> tell us, uh, tell them about the yes, because that's one of the questions that that you know. How did you come into the picture in the first place? How did we meet? You know, and and how did you know that we could be uh, a place where we could work together? Um, well, I had known you since 2008. Mm-hmm. We actually, you met my significant other first and yep. he saw you on stage at a real estate event and he thought to himself, Kimberly has to meet that man, Jay. And so as luck would have it, we got, you and I got to know each other through that real estate education program not long after that. So we were kind of doing our real estate training 
at that time, um, back in 2008. And so we just sort of hung around each other. We were in the same zone. We were doing some of the same things. We would get coffee. Um, we, I invested in some of your early transactions. Um, thank you very much. And so, yeah, we just were friends. Yeah. Yeah. I remember <laughs> really? that. I remember that. I, I also remember this, this, you hitting your head on a door. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You, you you must relate that story to them from your perspective. Well, you you were the you were I guess if we had to put in a traditional school setting, you were the the A student when it came to learning all the real estate stuff. So you got there faster than everybody else. So all the rest of us were like, well, what is Jay doing, and how can we do it? So you were uh, teaching a workshop on tax sales. And, um, on the break, I had an aha moment and I was so excited and I was talking to someone and, and I'm definitely a klutz and I was not watching where I was going and I walked back into a wall and split open my lip. I still have the scar. I'll have you know, of where I busted open my lip that day where you left a lasting impression. Lasting. That's yes. not the impression we typically go for here, <laughs> but that's what happened in this particular case. So let, let's ask this question. When it comes to, you know, your role, when you say the details, can you unpack that a little bit more so that people can have an understanding at what point do you take over the transaction, so to speak? As soon as possible. I know. <laughs> That's uh, that's unfortunately true. Um, so please tell us why as soon as possible. What have we learned by not taking over as soon as possible? Um, well, I mean, that's one of the, the beauties of our very different skill sets. You are a master negotiator. Um, and as soon as you're done negotiating it is as soon as I'm trying to get it out of your hands into my court. And not that you're withholding it. You just sometimes forget and have already moved on to the next project. <laughs> <laughs> Quite true. It's like, wait, what happened to such and such? So, um, no, I, I'm the person that loves to organize everything. I like all the ducks to line up in a row. I like all of the T's to be crossed and the I's to be dotted. And I like my... My my map. In fact, I'm already planning Thanksgiving, and I did my meal planning last weekend. That's how much I like to organize in advance because wow. I'm grocery shopping next weekend for Thanksgiving. So um, I like to do that for your houses and your portfolio and your apartment complex. And, you know, what do we need to do and how can we get there and what's it going to take in order to make all that happen? You know, you, you bring up an interesting subject. We are completely different. <laughs> you didn't plan Thanksgiving last weekend? Uh, no, not <laughs> at all. In fact, I don't intend on knowing what's going to happen on Thanksgiving till like maybe one to two days before. But with that on the side, the I, I guess the question is, is sometimes I, I think, you know, when we're out there building a team, I think we make the mistake of trying to find people who are too much like us. But how do you how do you deal with how do you deal with me being so different? Because that's got to be the other side of that same equation. Two people on the same side, yeah, they get along fine. How do you deal with the the straight differences? Because yeah, you're right. I do <laughs> I do keep moving on to the next thing, um, and that that does occasionally cause a challenge. <laughs> well. Um, not that we've ever had a difficult conversation or Never. two in, in Never. our Mm-mm. relationship. No, Mm-mm. 
At least um, not on this. Not not, not right now. No, we're good. Mm-mm, mm-mm, we're good. <laughs> no, well, I mean, honestly, though, it's you and I started as as friends and had a mutual respect for each other, and that's always a great place to come back to. Um, I also respect what you do, and don't expect you to be like me. Um, and I feel that you do the same for me. So I think we come from this place of mutual appreciation and acknowledgement of our vast different ways of operating um, because we also share the common goal of, of getting something to work and making it come together. And so, yeah, we just work through it. That's true. That's true. So when it comes down to speaking government, you heard me mention that, and, and that I call that a very foreign language to my whole entire being. Um, could you help everyone understand why I it, specifically how that that particular skill set has played a role, and more importantly, why they might want to consider someone who knows how to speak that language? Uh, yeah. Well, we've had we've had some fun conversations. Um, as, especially as as you've grown and your portfolio has expanded, that there's a lot of opportunities out there in the affordable housing arena and in the um, apartment complex and multiplex arena for incentives that we always hear about. Oh, government money and government money, and how do we get it? And so, you know, you've you've given me a lot of freedom in our working relationship to pursue things that I think may improve the overall portfolio. And so um, I had a background with experience in having to interact with a lot of government and bureaucracy from a local level up to a statewide level and um, filled out more than my share of grant applications during that time period. And they're so painful. Oh my God, they're even painful for me. And I like details. Um, so, so yeah, that's been that's been something that's been interesting in a good way to pursue for the apartment complexes specifically in in our situation and going after funding and tax abatements and and learning and looking for ways to leverage relationships that helps get the local officials something that they want and something that makes our portfolio more profitable which is something we want got it now I've, yeah, lots of that. So with that being the case, let me let me ask you this. Would you consider it optional to have someone who speaks government given what it is that we do? Um, I would say it's optional depending upon what the goals of that investor is. If if you are looking to, in my opinion, and it's only my opinion, but if you're looking to just have eight to 30 rental units and you're going to be done and you're good and you're happy and that's kind of all you really want to do and you're going to pay it off and just go do other things. I'm not sure if it's really that important because it is, if you haven't done it before, it is a bit of a learning curve. But if you want to grow a portfolio and if you want to, you know, be in multiple states and you want to have hundreds of units, uh, it's not optional. You got to figure it out either personally or preferably with somebody that's already got some sort of inkling of what to do. Got it. So for the entrepreneurs out there who are listening to you going, wow, I wish I had a Kimberly. Could you tell me, tell them, how can they find someone like you? What would be the best tactic, strategy, goal? How do they attract that person? And and most importantly, uh, get them to want to contribute their skill sets 
to the organization? Mm. Um, okay, well, I'll start with the first part, which is how do you find that person? Um, it's going to be somebody with some sort of professional background. And if you're going to any sort of real estate clubs or you're networking within whatever your current industry is in, um, I'd start looking around because real estate investors have such a varied background and have so many different uh, resources and experiences they come with. You may already know someone that already does it. Um, if you're just if you have if you have the no friend club um, and you don't go anywhere and you don't leave your house, um, I would start on LinkedIn over Craigslist because that's a much um, vaster professional pool of people to 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 look through. Um, that's where I would start. It's probably somebody you already know and didn't even realize it. Um, I came from the world of garbage, but anything that has to interact with public officials, which is just about everything, um, there's probably somebody you already know. Um, okay, so that's how I would find a Kimberly, somebody that does like project management. Um, there's people with lots of experience with grant writing out there. Um, so start in that area. And then what was the other part of the question? Well, how did you, how do you, once you found them, it's how do you get them to, to want to contribute their services to the organization? I mean, what was it that, what did you see or what do you see that got you here, keeps you here and what can they go create that would do the same thing for them? Well, you have to be super cool because that's why I want to come work with you. So. Okay, let's assume that I'm. I, there, we're we're in the process of developing our coolness. Until that's there, what do we got to do? Um, I would be a person of integrity. Be a person of honesty. Be a person of focus. Be a person of direction. Um, you were all of those things. And so that was, you know, somebody that wants to do details and organization, if they see someone that has a plan and a direction, um, and works with us, a, a, you know, spirit of excellence, then be that person. Ooh. And you'll start attracting them. You said something I like, I like the way you phrased it, spirit of excellence. Explain that, describe that in your, your own words for us, please. Um, well, okay, now we're going to start to have a philosophical conversation that could start to tread into a spiritual conversation. That's completely fine because at the end of the day, yes, we, we execute and show our genius when it comes to real estate. That's how everything, all of our skill sets come together to express themselves. But when it comes to this area of attraction of the, the correct, you know, individuals to execute the vision, on some level, there is that, you know, higher level what we're talking about. We're not here to just do real estate, but you you started hitting on it when you start talking about those characters. And I, I like the concept of the spirit of excellence. I, I really want to understand what you mean. Well, I can't. I can't claim it as my own. I borrowed it from Danny Johnson. So all credit goes to her for sure. But um, the spirit of excellence, the way I interpret it is uh, – just all of those those characters I was mentioning before, but it's that it's that internal belief of what what each of us has inside of us for why we do what we do and operating um, excellent or integrity or honesty, no matter what the circumstances are in front of us. And um, that's not always easy. You and I have been through some um, 
pretty challenging times. <laughs> and uh, there's, there's certainly temptation as you go through some of those really hard moments to um, take the easy path, but mm. not the right path. And um, I think that when you start from the basis inside of, you're always going to take what you believe to be the best right path um, no matter what, it, it's not the easy way, but it is, it is the best way in the long run, in my opinion. I think uh, you come out as, you know, pick your metaphor or your analogy of the refiner's fire and, and you're a, a better person. Yeah, we've been refined. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. And and that's the okay, so which brings up a great question. How does how does one go out there and know that the person that they're looking at, you know, uh attracting to the team or bringing on their team isn't going to jump ship when something happens and that's when you need the person the most? How how do you know that ahead of time? I don't know. How are you, how do you know you're going to be married the rest of your life? <laughs> <laughs> These are very similar questions. <laughs> These are very similar questions. It, and date at, a lot. <laughs> what's that? Date for a long time. Kiss but lots I, of I frogs. Well, <laughs> I mean that in, in a working relationship, I mean, it's in, in some ways not that different. In some ways, it's very different. But in some ways, it's not that different than your significant other. I mean, it's somebody you've got to get to know. Um, and whether you want to do that, I think, through the interview process and take a long time to interview, and, and meaning months and or weeks, you know, not just one interview and you're done. I mean, you and I knew each other for years before we ever actually worked together. Yeah, that that is that is quite true, which you know, brings up this other question. One of the things that I think happens to people when they come here is that they, they grow in various different ways. And I've never asked you this, so I'm just curious to hear what you would say. Well, do you feel that you've grown in the time that you've been here? And if so, in what ways? I would definitely say that I've grown. Um, I, I've grown um, in learning to... Um, I think, I think in our conversations and our, in our interactions has been a place where I've had to grow a lot in expressing thoughts about what I, you know, opinions I have about direction of the portfolio or feelings or hunches or gut reactions to certain vendors that may be on our team <laughs> and, and not, you know, being a person that, that naturally doesn't want to upset the boat and naturally wants to be a people pleaser. Um, and for me having to work through setting a lot of that aside, no matter, you know, what my fear or perception was of what your reaction was going to be. Um, and working through those, those difficult challenging or, you know, cause it was usually about something that, well, I don't know what's Jay going to say or how's Jay going to react or am I going to upset him and, and having to grow through learning to put that stuff aside because you and I've had some really deep, honest, you know, good conversations that have helped, I, I think helped, you know, the overall direction of the company and, and, um, some things that we've done. 
Yeah, I I often tell people uh, that if you ever listened to any of our conference calls, it would it could sound like we're arguing, but I, I promise you, we're actually making progress. Uh, we we come out better <laughs> for it. We're, okay. We we have very very strong opinions about many different aspects, uh, but they're the very things that I invite uh, because I, I think we make something better together uh, with those strong opinions uh, properly voiced in the correct forums, so that we have the ability to go out there and and serve more and more and more and more people. And that's one of the things that I get excited about uh, is that we can do more. Our capacity does increase. Um, so let me let me ask this. When it comes to the work environment, uh, many people know that we are, uh, I, I call us a virtual company. We don't really see each other. In fact, it's, I don't even know how long it's been since I've seen you, uh, but it's been a while. And talk to us a little bit about what that experience has been and what skill sets do you think it takes in this day and age? Like, do, do we need a, a physical office if you're going to do this? If you're going to build your team, do you have to look at them? And if you're not going to look at them, what do you need to look for in the right person to make sure stuff still gets done? Okay, guys. As you have no doubt guessed, I, we're talking to a lot of the team this week, and hopefully you're enjoying that. Hopefully you're learning how to find your own, build your own, and just understanding just how important having your own team absolutely is. It is a critical piece to everything that we do here. Now, uh, as a quick reminder, if you haven't already, go over to iTunes, leave us a review, the written kind, and you'll be entered into the drawing for next week's cash flow game. And it doesn't matter when you're listening to this because we're probably still doing a drawing for something. If you want to have a chance to win, by all means, go now. Fill it out. Make sure you leave your username so that we can let you know when you win. And I want to get you back to the interview. Uh, well, so I think that it's absolutely possible. I know it's absolutely possible to do a virtual office because we've done it for, even when I lived in town, because I don't, you and I don't live on the same side of the state any longer. Um, You know, I'm in Northern California, you're in Southern California, which is more than a couple hours apart. But even when I lived 30 minutes from you, I very rarely saw you. Um, And that was, you know, I, I, I always liked it when you would bop in for a random Starbucks coffee visit or, you know, <laughs> if I was doing my mobile office at the, uh, uh, what was that, a Panera's, you know, you'd come in and randomly. And those are really nice. I mean, there's a lot to be said for the face-to-face interaction that um, isn't as easy for us to have when we're not in front of each other. But efficiency-wise, um, there's there's no sacrifice. I mean, you and I get a lot done without having to be in each other's space. Um, and, and that's just how we both operate. So I guess that's how you make it work is you got to find someone that's all about just getting it done. Um, if they're about getting it done, then they don't really need to be in an office and they don't really need to have water cooler talk because they don't need to have their emotions like babied and padded and taken care of. I mean, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That side just came out, but I I just don't have the patience for it. Let's just get it done. You're going to do what you're going to do and just go do it. And so you and I both, I think, operate that way and it works great. (laughs) Quite well. Yeah. Anybody look for people that are like that. There's plenty of them out there. They just want to get it done. Yeah. 
And indeed, they they just want to get it done being the key. Speaking of getting things done, I'm often asked, Jay, how do you put your construction team together? And I'm just like, okay, we go and find a construction manager and they do all these things, but I'm going to ask you because you're you you they, you'll probably give them even more information than I could even begin to work with. But so, Kimberly, how do we put our construction teams together? <laughs> well, I like to interview everybody. <laughs> so, yes, she uh, does, folks. You have no idea, <laughs> and she does mean everybody. <sighs> I do. Um, whenever we put any of our teams together, whether it was on the property management side or the construction side or um, internal team hiring, um, I, I like to have a broad candidate base. Um, I like to have a variety of candidates from on the construction side. We um, I'll look for and I really like to have referrals. That's a big one for me. So I'll ask anybody and everybody, who do they know? Um, and then I'll reach out to those people to find out if they're interested in our projects and what their current schedules are looking like and kind of what their background is. But um, I like to have a, a selection of small mom and pop people all the way up to the corporate. We do all the Section 8 uh, low-income housing tax credit projects for all the big developers in the town. And then I like to see what they're going to what they're going to do for us and what their background is and what their reliability is and what their cost is. Um so I that's where I start. You know, we start with a, a broad base. We've done construction managers on definitely on, on some of our larger projects which is a tremendous resource because um, our one particular manager just came in with such a great background um, of, uh, again, government. <laughs> he was a former building official for a city. So that's somebody who already speaks a language. In fact, my favorite conversation we ever had was we went out to meet with the local building officials with our construction manager. And we go on this meeting with the head building official. And he, the two of them really honest to Pete, I think in 15 minutes said 10 words. And it was a lot of grunting and pointing. And then the local guy called in his sub officials for like the different specialties of the plumbing, electrical, heating and air. So, you know, each one of those guys came in and then they said, you know, maybe another 10 to 15 words each. And then we left. And I looked at our construction manager and I was like, was, was that good? Did we just get what we wanted? <laughs> he, he looks at me and he just nods his head yes. <laughs> so, You're like, awesome. Great. Awesome. You know, again, it was it was having somebody that had a, a serious specialization um, in an area that we were needing um, for a larger project than maybe we were used to doing at that time. Um, and so, you know, pulling in a specialist wherever we were weak and then working with him to interview and talk to and use his leverage, his skill set knowledge to, to make the final determination of our vendors, um, for our subcontractors and how we wanted to put together the, um, you know, the individual contractors who actually were going to go out and do the work. So that was a long answer to your question. No, it was a big question. Lots to unpack. With that being the case, I know one of the questions that's going through somebody's mind is, where did you find that construction manager? 
<laughs> Who do I know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, I really so much of I. I'm a big believer. If you guys haven't figured out, in in net my network and expanding my network, and so I'm always constantly working on expanding my network. So, from my professional career prior to real estate, was in solid waste and recycling, and so I've got a pretty good network there. And, and so I just tapped into it. A lot of, a lot of good professionals who have been around a long time and who did they know? <clears throat> and so our construction manager came out of that. Um, I pull a lot of referrals as well off of LinkedIn. I, I do a lot of networking on LinkedIn and I'm pretty active in a lot of the LinkedIn groups, especially when I have a question. If I'm trying to find an answer for something we're trying to do, I love the LinkedIn groups for getting feedback. Yep. I love them because you love them. And that's all I'm going to say on that. As you talk about your, your history with the government and, and solid waste, etc., um, I, I know there have been times where you've actually taught classes on things uh, that are environmentally conscious uh, for that maybe a number of our listeners would absolutely love to hear. What would you say are some of the top three, top five things, you know, someone who's out there looking to be involved in real estate, whether they're rehabbing or just a landlord in general, that they could do to go out there to uh, be more environmentally friendly at the same time? Um, well, some of our, I would say, easiest and biggest bang for the buck, uh, green features have been in the plumbing department. Um, especially when it comes to our apartment complexes where most of them are, uh, we pay for the water. So anything we can do to reduce water consumption, I do it because it makes me feel good. And then I do it secondarily because it helps support fully. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. In full disclosure. Um, so plumbing features are a major one and that's just putting, you can do something really simple with, um, putting the aerators on your faucets in all of the, you know, bathrooms and sinks and kitchens, um, in your units and that you can do that already. If you've already got rental, um, properties, just go out there and, and I think a 2.5 is what you want. Um, uh, low flow toilets is another really easy one. Um, so I start there. Uh, we look at different, well, we haven't had to deal with water on the landscaping really in where we are, but that would be another one I would look at if we had to deal with landscaping, which would be, uh, low water usage landscaping. Um, the other area, if you have, if you have to deal with some of the electrical costs would be looking at windows, um, dual pane windows are a real easy one and a really nice feature. Um, the other ones we've done, which have been kind of fun and, and are double benefit again, cause it's green. And then also because it's good for their portfolio is flooring is a really easy one. Cause that just, you know, kills us every time we got to replace a floor. Mm-hmm. So if we can put in, um, a nicer floor in the front end and something that, uh, doesn't have to be replaced as often or at all. And it can be of some sort of green material, um, or some sort of low VOC, um, material, then that's usually pretty cost effective and a really easy addition to the, um, rehab project. Got it. couple of things, just because I remember when you were saying these words to me the first time, it sounded like Greek. You said aerator for those who may not know, What's an aerator? And you said you need a 2.5. 2.5 what? 
<laughs> so um, water, water usage is in gallons per minute typically. Um, and so you, uh, you're looking on your toilets and on your, your faucets for the lowest GPM gallons per minute uh, or gallons per flush. Um, it might be a GPF on your toilets. And so you're, you're looking for whatever uses the least. And so if you can find um, 2.5, or actually I think you can even go down to a 0.5 now that I'm talking out loud, on the aerator where an aerator is like a little filter that you just screw onto the bottom of the sink faucet. And I'm sure you can pick them up at Home Depot. All of our vendors just go, <laughs> managers just go get them and put them on so I don't have to do it. Um, but yeah, it's a super simple feature. Ace, Home Depot, Lowe's, they'll all have them and um, you pick them up for like a couple bucks or it's super inexpensive and just twist them on the bottom. Excellent. And then you, the other one, because I remember the first time I was, you were telling me about it, you were trying to convince me to spend more on flooring than I – you just spend more on flooring. And I'm like, for what reason? But I – you know, okay. Kimberly's probably right, so let me listen. And you, you started using the term VOC. Uh, explain to us uh, eventually, the, again, the type of flooring and what VOC means. Well, on on some of our units, um, we've used and we've <laughs> yes. Well, okay, so we've upgraded uh, because we we used to do and we still have done uh, lipstick on a pig rehabs, which there's nothing wrong with. Um, and our lipstick on a pig rehab for some of our rental units was just to paint the floor, paint a concrete floor, and, mm-hmm. and it was it actually looked pretty good. And so. Uh, when when the painted floors were doing having no problems renting, um, then we started having this conversation though that well you still got to repaint because it'll scratch, and so in some of our later rehabs we had this conversation about doing an epoxy coating, and epoxy is you can get in all sorts of it can be colors it can be clear it can be anything you could even do a concrete stain you could do either one of those. And so we, we went the route of an epoxy coating on some of our later rehabs that, again, low VOC is volatile organic compounds, for those of you who don't know what that is. And there's nothing wrong not knowing because it's, it's a big word. And if you haven't researched air quality, you, why would you know? So um, basically, it's that stuff when you get in your car or you walk into a house and you go, oh, that's that new car smell or, oh, that's that fresh paint smell. It's a new house smell. Well, I hate to tell you, but that's your brain cells dying. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's you being exposed to carcinogens. So, you know, anything you can do to reduce that, um, good for the environment. And it, it's really not that much more expensive. It was enough to get my attention, but I, I agree. That was the epoxy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which we'll never have to do again. Once the epoxy was down, you never, ever have to and do it. And ladies and gentlemen, that was the reason. She said, never <laughs> have to do again. I'm like, you mean like never, ever? That number makes sense to me, and that's why she does what she does. So uh, would you say that uh, you have to sacrifice uh, profitability to, in order to be green? Because no. I know that someone's thinking that. I no. was thinking that. No, you can you can absolutely have green features without sacrificing profitability. That's good. Oh, 
So with all of these things being said, what would you say to someone who is out there for the first time? They're like, okay, I'm listening to everything you guys have got to say. Is it, what, what would advice would you give them? Think they're, they're just beginning, you know, to get their portfolio together. How do they go about building the team? What, if you had one thing you could tell them, what would it be? You know, if they're feeling like I've tried people and none of them work, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. how, how do they solve these problems and how do they get, get their business off the ground? Um, great question. One of the simple, easy ways that I would advise is, uh, open up an account on Odesk or Elance and look for small things in your day-to-day operations or portfolio or life that you can begin outsourcing. Even if it's just downloading uh, utility bills or uh, following up with your property manager once a month. You know, there's small little repetitive actions that have to be done on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis in your business for everybody. And so start small and hire a couple people on Odesk. Because again, you heard me say earlier, I like to have lots of vendors to uh, test. And so we've we've certainly used uh, our fair share of overseas people, um, and and I've tested several of them, and I'll eventually reduce it down to a couple. Or I like to also just have um, individual people that do very specific tasks, so that I know that task will get done. Um, it works really well instead of having one outsource person do all of your little tasks. Um, I, I like the mini hands light work kind of philosophy. So that's where I would start. Got start, it. you know, some super inexpensive couple bucks an hour person to help you with just some basic day-to-day month-to-month stuff that you can start getting off your desk right now. Excellent. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, I definitely thank you uh, for taking the time to in- invest here and hopefully uh, many to hopefully it'll cut down on the number of emails, but maybe we created a few more uh, as it goes. But I definitely appreciate I know you know this, but I'll say it again. Uh, I appreciate everything that you've done, do, and continue to do uh, for us and all of our investors and every person uh, that listens to help us go out there to continue to provide clean, safe, affordable housing to people that need it when it matters most. You're welcome. Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is? It's time for you to move at the speed of instruction. What does that mean? That means you might want to get a LinkedIn account. You're like, hey, LinkedIn would have never used it that way. That could be the very place you find your next team member. As you heard Kimberly speak, there were a number of keywords, a number of occupations, a number of backgrounds that you could easily type in to a search engine such as LinkedIn. Yeah, I called it a search engine. I know I know what it is, but I think of it as a search engine because if I'm searching for a person, that's a good place to find it. Put those keywords in, see what pops up, begin that process. Build your team, find that detailed person. And if you need someone to speak government, well, you know what to do there too. It's been fun talking to you and I'm glad that you take the time to listen. I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Until next time. 